Yeah. Are there any you're really excited about, Fabian, or do you not pay attention to his life at all? No, which is also I don't pay any attention. Yeah, to, I, I just try to skip ahead yeah. anytime Jeremy is. Yeah, saying it's something. like, it's like okay. boring, old boring, news, boring. old yeah. news. No yeah. this, no this. Blah blah blah. He's doing great. He turns it on and then he mutes it. Blah blah blah. Great teacher. Blah blah blah. Yeah, he turns it on. He mutes it. Goes in the other room. Gets a snack. Comes back and then just you know. For me, it's mostly getting those numbers, those little bubbles down, because mm-hmm. it's so annoying yeah. when it's so many. Yeah. I don't really yeah. care what's happening anymore. <laughs> Welcome to Rebel Teacher Alliance, the podcast where teachers rethink student engagement with Jamie Halsey, Fabian Hoffman, and Scott Kazarian. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Rebel Teacher Live. So excited to jump in. You know, there's very, uh, actually, I think there's only one person that's ever replaced me. And so we have him today, which is really exciting. I'm not sure I'm allowed to be here, but. It's awkward. Actually, (laughs) it is kind of awkward. And there is something, there's something we wanted to talk about with you. (laughs) So Um, we have Jerry Cedarquist here. We're so excited to have him on. We're voting off the island, Scott. Uh, You know, (laughs) truth be told, a long time ago, I don't even know when he got on our Marco Polo, which you guys hear us talk about that often. I don't even know what happened. I don't even know either. He hijacked us somehow. But it has been so fun to have him as part of just our our day to day life of teaching. Um, yeah. So we're so excited to have him. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you, guys. Glad to be here. <laughs> I took your line. Is that the "Hey everybody" line? Is that was that yeah, the line? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's okay. I'll just say "Ciao" at the end to make up for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. I will not say it at the end. You could say it. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Jamie, go. You want to go? Go for it, James. What? Okay, oh, am I doing it? Okay. I don't know. Sorry, sorry, to. sorry. You're wow. so excited. She was no, so excited. No, I'm so excited. Game. I know. I know. So first, because um, this may be the first time people's listen- people are listening to the pod. So Jeremy, why don't you introduce yourself, talk about what you teach, and then I will ask you your first oh, that's question. such a good idea. Wow. Sure. Look at you. Wow. You're like just I was going to say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 This, this that, pod that at Materas, I think. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. All yeah, right, where do you teach? What do you do? Too. We're moving on. Holy cow. Yeah, uh, hi, yeah, my name is Jeremy Cedarquist. I am in uh, well, seventh and eighth grade math teacher. Uh, and uh, yeah, doing, doing, wow. living the middle school dream, man. <laughs> I think what's been fun about Marco Polo with you, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but like it just like feels like an extra outlet to be like, oh, dude, this was like, I need, I need other yeah. teachers to really quickly tell about my day. So. Uh, yeah, it, that you know that has been that has been nice, and, and and you know like you guys have talked about before too, finding those who who are trying to do the same sort of things in the classroom that you are. Um, yeah, and you know there's not really anybody at my school site who's gamifying or you know trying to to do any sorts of like theming or high engagement activities or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at least and especially not, like talking to me, you know. Is maybe they just avoid you, but <laughs> <That's> um, entirely <laughs> possible. <laughs> but also, I think math is not necessarily the 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 subject where gamification happens a lot. I feel um, I think you're a little bit of an outlier when, in that the stuff that you do in your class is like so like completely different 
than what any regular classroom is. And it's just so cool to like the stuff that you're telling us about on Marco Polo is just always so fun to see because you you take like your the the nerdery to like a new level when it mm -hmm. comes to like Excel spreadsheets and all that stuff. And I'm just like, I don't I don't even know like where to start here. This is just insane. Yeah, so you've defined some good boss battles through and your spreadsheets yeah. are ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I don't know why math how... doesn't have more. Why doesn't math have more of a gamification to it? Because it seems like manipulatives and hands-on would be like the way to go. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know, and you know, like you guys mentioned, Matera. He he talks about how really gamification can be used at at any grade level in any subject matter, and I think that that's really true. Um, yeah. You know, like I think that there's really great opportunities in things like ELA or history or whatever in terms of your your access to story and how you can utilize that in a game. Yeah. Um, but but really, like the principles can be applied in, in any situation, and I've I've found it just as effective in math as any other. And in some ways, it's like you can kind of make up whatever story you want because math is is sort of a neutral field, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, I, I, it's interesting you, you bring it up, Scott, that it... Thank you. Yes, go Being on. prepped for it um, is, you know, one of my um, college professors used to say math is a game. Um, and it really is, actually, if you think about it. Um, and it's just, you know, like a traumatizing game for most people instead of like a fun <laughs> one. So I'm just trying to move it to the... To the fun category. It's like the you know? dark game, like that. Uh, yeah, you it's may like not the, survive. The 80, what is it like? The eighty percent failure rate. It's just it's inherent in math. You fail eighty percent of the time until you finally get it right. So. Well, I think one of the keys with what you are doing is you have a lot of physicality in your game. Um, yeah. So maybe you could talk about um, one of your recent boss battles where you had some three D printed items. <laughs> That yeah, was a good yeah. setup, Jamie. I like that setup. Good job. Yeah, Jamie's like, I want to hear about these. So let's just set you yeah, up with you know, these. Guys, so you I'm talk always about so them. impressed yeah. with the podcast at how yeah. smooth your transitions are. Yeah. And how, oh. like, uh -huh. yeah, whenever someone sets something up, like, no one interrupts yeah. it. Nope. <laughs> no, it's great, right? It's so fun when like, people just... call you out on it. Yeah, it's <laughs> how, like how a great thing. it was. Uh, you don't <laughs> hear this all the time, but after the pod, I usually get a talking to at least by one of them. So Jeremy. Yeah. So, uh, so we did a, uh, and so actually the, the story goes back a little bit because, um, in the last, in this, this last semester, um, I listened to building thinking classrooms and mathematics, uh, on audiobook, Um, and I've been working on implementing those principles, um, in, in my class. Um, so kind of like the, the highlights of that are that students, are working in randomly selected collaborative groups of three um, and they're standing working at whiteboards and they have one marker that they're sharing and they're talking about the content and, and, and working through. Um, and a lot of like the principle is like, you're wanting them to do the thinking instead of, of the teacher doing all the thinking. And so you're giving kind of them like the essential bare bones of what they need at the beginning, um, you know, kind of within like the first five minutes and then you're letting them go and let them figure it out and letting them explore. Um, so it's a pretty big shift in my classroom. And so as I was implementing those things, it was like kind of all the other gamification structures that I had, um, you know, they kind of took took a step to the side for a little while. But then once I kind of got those main structures um, from that book into place, I was like, okay, cool. Now, how can I gamify this? Um, and so because I had kids in groups around the classroom, 
um, working at whiteboards. I'm like, this is like, I could have them do, you know, some sort of battle where they're in their groups there. And so what I decided to do was just take a big, a big tub, a big bin. And I just taped um, pictures of a Hydra all around it. And I put it, I have a standing desk. And I put the standing desk in the middle of my room and put the bin on the top of it. And then uh, I 3D printed some some little plastic hearts. And um, they didn't have to be 3D printed, but, you know. But we love like, 3D printing, you, you so why one. not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like the physical, you know, there's something to like a physical object and a physical thing. And there's there's kind of a magic to 3D printing in like that. You you have a file of an object or you design an object and then it like comes into reality, you know, um, it's the coolest. It's so it's, cool. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and so, you know, I've done like like laminated paper hearts before, but you know, like if, if, it, if you can have same, plastic yeah. ones, it's, it's better. Right. Um, yeah. And actually, my currency this year for my game to tangent a little bit is physical too. they're physical 3D printed coins. And I've set up uh, a vending machine that I also 3D printed in my classroom where they can buy items with that. I love that. Um, And I remember (laughs) over the summer. The tinkering. The the tinkering. Like every five minutes I was like, look, and I changed this and I changed that. (laughs) My favorite was when you left it in the car and it melted to like a piece of jelly. Yeah. Yeah. That was so (laughs) sad. Don't leave your 3D prints in the car, people. Don't leave your 3D 3D prints in the car. You know, sometimes the life lessons are difficult. (laughs) They are, but honestly, like when you kind of had this idea, I was like, how is this going to play out? So it was really neat to kind of watch the evolution of it and then to actually see it up on the wall in your classroom. And maybe, um, maybe Jeremy, you could um, repost that. Yeah, I think we could find so a link to it or something. It. Yeah. yeah, we could find a link. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I maybe I'll need to do a little video of it or something. I think I actually just need to do like a full video, and and I think I need yeah. to put that STL somewhere for people to be able to access so they can That's YouTube. True. But yep. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're like, hello. We'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, back to the tub. Anyway, let's, and go, the let's heart. go back. Yes. Like, Sorry, tangenting. So anyway, tangent. so we three. <laughs> I fit in so good here, you guys. Yeah. I know you yeah. do. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lots of practice. Lots of practice. It's a lot of this squirrel. This is why it's actually an intervention, like we said, Scott. I know. Um, I know. Well, you know, the thing is, too, like, mm. we're, like, three of the four of us here are middle school teachers. So, like, yeah. you know, kind of there's, yeah. I think yeah, there's our middle schools have trained us a little bit. Okay, so you're anyway, reading a yeah. book by my friend Lil Jadal, and then you have this tub. Right. And you got the, yeah. Okay. Right, so I got the tub in the middle of the room with 3D printed hearts. And basically all I had them do is when they answered their questions, um, and I don't remember if I, it was every question or every two or three questions, then they earned, uh, you know, like the little plastic golf balls, like ping pong balls, um, and they would get to throw them and try to make them into the bin. And if they were able, and just from wherever they were at the, at the room, right? So some of them were maybe just a little bit closer, but it was pretty central. Um, but some kids like were a little farther away and you're like, oh, you're not going to make it no way. And they just like sunk it. So it was like a really wow. cool epic moment, you know. Um, and I was trying to like explain to them like it's better to throw it underhand because these are light objects. But they all wanted to be cool and try to basketball sh- sh- shoot it, you yeah. know. But it was really it was really uh, fun and really simple to set up and was kind of um, worked well with with what we were already doing. And, and I, I find that. um if you're if you're wanting to add a game element to the class, if it can be mechanically simple, it's probably going to be more successful mm-hmm. because yeah. then it's not going to get in the way of the learning. But something like that, there's like a little bit of skill, but a little bit of randomness. 
Um, yeah. And like, you know, I didn't tell them how many hearts were in the bin. And so there was engagement the whole time in order to do it because they didn't know if they had enough in the bin to equal the number of hearts to win. Um, and so it was really fun. And I th- and then what was the outcome? Like yeah, how, how you- many of your classes like actually were able to beat it? I, I feel like... I feel like a majority did, but I don't think all of them did. I had one class that is pretty mathematically strong. And so they, they, uh, they got lots of shots, but they just missed really bad <laughs> a lot. Just, the more math and less, you but know, the, yeah, throwing. I don't know. The, that's the fun thing about these types of contests where it's like, it doesn't matter how good you are at whatever it is, because if you cannot pull off the, the last thing that is necessary, which is like hitting the basket or whatever, then, well, you're not going to win. Yeah. I, actually, and it's kind of ironic. It's just, too. I like the chance part of it. Because at the beginning of the day, I have, we have advisory class and I have one of my, and I was setting it up, right? So advisory kind of always gets a preview like, oh, what's Mr. Cedarquist doing today, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And one of the students is like, oh, I'm going to be gone for basketball today. I was like, oh man, well, this is your game. Like we need you here for this. Like it's too bad you're going to be gone, you know? Um, he ended up being there most of the class period, and it was his class that lost. <laughs> so, oh, no. <laughs> I, guess, I guess it didn't work out the way that yeah. maybe maybe we didn't need his skill. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the problem was his hands were too big. I went to Savers, my thrift store, my favorite thrift store, and got Tiny Hands, which is a game where you have to use these two little tiny hands oh to gosh, do all, all oh the ways. actions. That would have been perfect for that. He just needed tinier hands. That's probably yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of a Probably tall kid, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, the next one we have to talk about is your Mario race. Yeah, Could so you that talk was, about that. Yeah, so that was another one. It's Mario Kart. I, oh, whatever. Kart. Yes, it's okay. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Apologize. That's it, Mario. I don't know. <laughs> Jamie, Super we're actually here Mario to replace Kart. you. Um, Mario Kart. Oh, there it okay. is. Hey. I knew it was coming <laughs> yeah. sooner or later. Yep. So I, how it works. I was, um, so I decided to do like a tabletop Mario Kart game. Um, I, so I had already done the, um, the bin with, with, you know, fighting boss battle game, right. Throwing the, the ping pong balls from the whiteboards. Um, and that went well. And I was like, what else, like, what else can I do? How else can I, can I gamify this? And I was thinking it'd be really cool to have like, be able to do like a race game around the room since kids are already up and around anyway. Um, and so I was trying to think of like how, how that could happen. And I was like, well, they're not sitting at the tables. Like what if I use the tables as the game spaces, right? Since I, I have uh, six tables in my room right now. And so each of those could be a space. And I think I have like a couple like stand up desks. So those could be a space too. I'm like, well, why don't I try, you know, I try to try to do Mario Kart. So I made these, like I printed out, um, and I think the first time I did it, it was just like my my cart versus their cart, and they were moving one, and I was moving one. So they, as a whole class, was against. Were against yeah, how me. does that work? If they get right, they move one or something. How does that work? Yeah, so I think the first time I did it, if they got it right, um, I think I'm, I think I did a dice roll. I think I oh, let okay. them roll dice and then move. Sense. Yeah. And um, and then I think my character just moved a certain set amount. I think I, mine was like I wanted mine to move every like three spaces every five minutes or something like that, right? Um, and I think I kind of tweaked that depending on 
Like was each table a space or did you have multiple spaces on each table? So I, I just did each table as a space. Um, then I didn't have to like mark them off, put any tape or yeah. anything and, and that kind of simplified things. And then, and it looked like you I, just like put a piece of paper on a box that had like, what was it? Yeah. So I had some, um, some foam core, um, like post, like foam board. Um, so like one of those was actually left over from one of my item vending machines that I had. Right. So I just chopped that up and it was already kind of a, a foam, like a box because of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, um, just, uh, you know, glued a printed picture of Mario on there. I've done a Mario Kart boss battle on, um, on a spreadsheet before. And so I had mm-hmm. all of those images already. And so I just printed them big on a paper and glued them. That's really it. awesome. I mean, you literally took trash and taped paper or glued paper to it and ran a game. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, it, it, it doesn't, take much you know imagination fills in a lot of the gaps right like the, mm-hmm. the, yeah. like the other thing was literally a bin with a picture <laughs> that was also printed taped to it you know and we're fighting a hydra you know um yeah and just you know put it on a foam piece of foam and um and we're, and we're now we're racing on, on mario kart although for that one i was like well if i'm gonna do this i might as well you know do some fun, fun parts to it so i i actually 3d printed like some little banana peels and some shells mm-hmm. and a box to keep it all mm-hmm. in that was um, like, a, like, like, look like one of the Mario prize boxes. Um, and then I um, made cards so that whenever they pros- passed the prize box, they drew a card from the deck. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you got the shell or the banana or the star, I think were the three that I had. Um, so mm-hmm. the shell was pretty fun. They actually got to throw the 3D printed object to try to hit the other Mario Kart and if they did it, moved it back three spaces. Oh, uh, that's which awesome. Out, which worked out pretty well the first time I did it because everyone wasn't near the tables. The second time I did it, everyone was sitting at the tables and then that got kind of risky and I was like, oh, that was maybe not a very good idea. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, but no one got, no one got, no one was injured, so it was good. Um, and then, um, and then the banana peels you could just put on whatever table and then if you landed that, moved it back three spaces. And then the shell, you would move, you got an extra dice roll. Um, so the first time I did it, it was kind of chaos, um, Mm -hmm. because like I said, if you can keep it mechanically simple, that's better. And if you like, listen there, I've got dice, I've got three different objects. Mm -hmm. I've got movement cards, like even though the cards, like even though those are all very simple things. And if you were just going to play that as a game by itself, like that would be a boring game. When you mm-hmm. pair that with the fact that kids are doing content and they're standing in groups around the classroom and you're managing a classroom all at the same time and you're trying to check work and all those sorts of things to get their movements, um, yeah, it gets messy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And like I think that's something that can happen with with gamification, right? We want to um, to engage kids and we want them to um, like want to be there and have fun. Right. But it can't get in the way of the content. Right. Um, I yeah. just finished a lit review on gamification and and STEM and how those can can like interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and like one of the things that came up in the research for that is, is that gamification is not a replacement for good pedagogy. Right. It's not mm-hmm. a good a yeah. replacement for good lessons. Right. You need to have good lessons and then you can can like implement gamification to it or you can use gamified elements in your lesson design. Right. But mm-hmm. like like you want to have good solid structures and, and good solid lesson work and all That's of that. It's a very good there. point. And so, and so yeah. you can't like, you can't have the learning, you know, hurt for the sake of, of, of the fun and for the game. Um, mm-hmm. You want it to yeah. complement the learning. Um, so I was like, okay. So, and like I made some try, you know, like 
when you do something, you plan an activity and things aren't going well the first couple times you try to make adjustments and I try to make those adjustments, but it's still like didn't really get super smooth throughout the day. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try this again. So I made more game pieces. <laughs> you added <laughs> more, more complicated. More complicated. <laughs> That's counterintuitive. That's with me, guys. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> what I did is I gave each table now a game piece. Right, so each uh -huh. table got to choose which Mario player they wanted to be, and this is like, like Super Nintendo, like '93 Mario or '95 mm. or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. So like they're like the pixelated characters, right? So you have, you know, Toad and Mario and Princess and Luigi and not you know, not all the crazy new characters, not all the like, crazy new characters, like, you know, Inkling and blah, no. yeah, you can't like you can't have like your own. I can't be that all Animal Crossing or, dude or anything. No Animal Crossing oh, dudes. You can't bring in Link. Sorry, none of that. No. Um, nope. So, but <laughs> each maybe I don't remember. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. But each table had their own own piece, and now they were racing against each other instead of all mm -hmm. of them being against me. They were against each other. Um, actually, not quite. So they were racing against each other, but they were racing in teams. So the tables right. on the right side of the room were a team of, of, of three characters, and the team, the ones on the left side of the room were a team of three characters. And I still used the tables okay. as, as the spaces, and I still had all the other same elements. But now what I did um, is on their work pages that they were doing, I put the answers for one team on the back of one, on, on, on the back of the opposing team's work page. Right. So, oh. so now like the red team, right. They do their problems, their three problems. And then they, and then they would go to the other team and how, and say, okay, here are my answers. Am I right? And they would check with mm -hmm. the other team if they're right. And the other team would approve if they got their move and their dice. Ooh. And their other huh. team, because the, the, the issue that I was most having was that I was the arbiter of knowledge, right? I was yeah. the bottleneck. Right. Yeah. And so if I had more than like, if I had a kid who wanted to do a move and another kid came to like, talk to me and get the work checked at the same time like that caused a bottleneck right because i had too many kids that needed me at once and so this way i was spreading the knowledge around the room right and um the kids are still not no motivated to just give their peers the answer because they're competing against them yeah right? yeah but i'm like right there so like i will see fairly quickly if they're if they're starting to feed them wrong information. Yeah, like, oh, no, that's not the right answer. Sorry, yeah. Dragon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and so and so that went a lot smoother. Because then I mm -hmm. was just the manager of it all, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could um, help, you know, like, if there was a question or whatever, I, I, I could, could help with that. But, like, again, they're working in groups. They have each other to help, right? And then, like, they're getting the feedback of, like, okay, I checked my answer and it wasn't right. So now let me go back and see, like, see if what I can figure out what I did wrong. So it spread that out, and that helped a lot. And it went a lot more smooth that way. Um, yeah. You know, okay, so just to be that. clear, all those things you just said, you're doing, wow, you just made, like, a major accomplishment. You just completed a big work in your own personal, professional life, right? Like, so you're, like, doing all these games – and making all these modifications and trying not to be the arbiter of all the knowledge. And you, what did you do? What did you finish? Uh, I just had a lit review. So I've been working on my master's for the last couple of years. Um, so I just had my lit review class. So uh, part of what I have to do is, is create a master's project. And that can look like a lot of things. It can be like a research project where you do research on like student learning, or it can be um, like 
uh, creating um, curriculum. Um, and so, uh, but regardless though, what you have to do is a bunch of background research for yeah. that project. And so that's uh, the lit review portion of it. Um, so I just had my lit review class. So basically what it amounts to is I had to read, you know, 30 something academic articles and write like more than 25 pages of, of work. Yeah. Um, like after you're done teaching every day. <laughs> And yeah. all the kids and all that. Well, stuff. no. What it seems, what it seems like to me, this is classic task avoidance. <laughs> you're you're, <laughs> you're doing the things that are much more fun to do, and then you do the things that you have to do. Yeah, right? I think there's some truth in that. I think there's some truth in that. Um, but so that is we, now we done, right? So you just you completed just your lit, paper. I finished the lit re- review class. I turned that in, and I got my score back. Got an A on it, so that's hey. great. That's good. Yay! Yay. So at this point, now they just need to submit it and you'll have your master's. Is that kind of where we're at? Or is there one more like, no, so now I can like move into like the, the, so I have one more class that I have to do and I need to move into like the core of like writing my actual master's project, but this should be a lot more practical and a lot more. So I'm going to be doing the like writing curriculum path. Um, So it'll be like really useful and applicable writing versus like it just being a lot of kind of like theory, you know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. which is still good. Um, you know, it, it's good to have that background knowledge and good to have like some, like, you know, if I'm, and you know, I did a lot of the reading on gamification. So was, I did reading on STEM and on gamification. Um, and so that was like about half of it. And so it's nice to be able to say like, well, you know, if you look at caps work or if you look at, you know, flow theory or whatever, and be able to like, say like what, you know, have some actual, scholarly information for yeah. what I've been experiencing anecdotally for the last few years. Yeah. That's really awesome. Congratulations. What a, what a great thing. That's really cool. One less yeah, monkey really on proud of back. you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, we're yeah. proud of you. Yeah. We're yeah. proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what you, you, that's what you call that. There you go, yeah. little buddy. Yeah. Proud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> little buddy. <laughs> no, it's not yeah. uh, At least you're not disappointed. Then I would just be... <laughs> No, I'm disappointed in Scott, which oh, is like a regular oh, thing. Well, but, but you just, yeah, never. Status quo. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so and then, like, like you just got right way into spreadsheets. We've, like, barely even touched on the fact that you're, like, super into spreadsheets. And I think you did. That's was the idle game turn, tied into a spreadsheet? I don't think any of the recent oh, okay. ones have had spreadsheets okay. on them. All right. Well, do you um, want to talk about okay. the idle game? I think we were hoping to talk about, about the so. idle one. All right. Yeah, so the another one that I ended up doing uh, was uh, an Indiana Jones themed one. Um, so, yeah, exactly. It's right. very, it's very current because <laughs> yeah. the new movie is coming out. Yeah, I know. How yeah. many more are they going to do with that? Come on, I don't know. I, don't know. I think that's I mean, the last one. That's the last one, Harrison Ford. Yeah, so. yeah, but you know, I mean, digital recreations of people are getting pretty good now. So, you know, yeah, like you could just keep on going, well, and we, we can have, go back was there it? in era. Who was it on Twitter? I think it was Sean, right? Moriarty. Yeah, that was sounding... to recreate the oh the voice, the indie voice. Yeah. Yeah. That was sounding pretty yeah. good. If you compare that with uh, like d.id.com, like mm-hmm. he could legit have indie like yeah. doing cutscenes for his game, that which so no cool. student will know about except for this new movie coming out. But we'll know it and we'll think it's awesome. <laughs> you know what's weird though is when <laughs> I did the really Indiana Jones themed activity, a lot of them knew. Who it was, oh. you know, a lot of them were like, it's oh, a yeah. classic, so yeah. they Indy have transcends to see it. Generations. I yeah. think it uh, does. Indiana Jones, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, anyways. The idol, let's go, yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I, um, so I, I had 
so again, I was kind of like working through this process of like, okay, I've got got these kids working at whiteboards. Like, what like what are the games I can do? So I came up with this idea for a um, like an Indiana Jones themed activity where they are like recovering like parts of an artifact. So what I did um, typically with the thinking classrooms model, right? You have kids working at whiteboards and they kind of stay at their whiteboard the whole time. So what I what I did to mix it up was I decided to put a, a problem at each whiteboard. Um, but I went ahead and I solved it out incorrectly. Right? I made like a mistake that like I, I see students would make, you know? Um, and, uh, and so then what I wanted them to do is do like an error analysis problem. So they need to look at the problem, see what was wrong with it, right? And then solve it correctly. And so they needed to, to, to be able to tell me those two things at each station, what, what, was, what was wrong and then how, how to correctly solve it. Um, and uh, error analysis problems are, are nice for a, couple re- for, for a couple reasons. One, it helps them watch out for the mistakes that they would typically make. But two, like if the kids aren't sure how to start a problem, like I at least like usually have some sort of resemblance of the correct process written down there. So it mm-hmm. gives them an idea of where to start, even if they're not. And they know, okay, something here is correct and something's incorrect. And I just need to figure out what that yeah, is. Yeah, I love the familiarity yet problem solving part. Of that. That's really cool. Right. And so yeah. it ends up yeah. being a fairly depth, fairly high depth of knowledge type of, of, of task. Um, and so what I would have them do um, uh, so first I, 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 uh, randomly assigned them into teams with cards with colored fedoras on them. Um, and those were each, which is day- amazing. <laughs> it was, it was, it was fun. I was glad I could find a fedora, Im- uh, image. Um, so, uh, so I told them those were their dig sites and that's where they started. So they started with that at that dig site, right. And then they needed to recover the pieces of this artifact. And so they would solve that problem first. And when they got it, they'd come check in with me and they'd say, okay, uh, you know, this was the error and this is the, the solution. Um, if they got it right, then I would give them um, uh, the, uh, uh, the colored hat card that corresponded to that. And on the back side of that was a, a, like a part of a picture of, a, of an idol um, that was reminiscent of the, the golden idol from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then it had like a certain number of points on it. Um, and so the points were kind of, were, were kind of random on the card. They weren't like consistent, um, throughout the station. There's you know, three or four values of each, each of those. Mm-hmm. And so then once they got that card, they put it in a nine card organizer. And then I said, okay, erase your work off of that whiteboard and go find another empty whiteboard. And typically I have nine, nine groups. So I started with 10 stations at the beginning this time. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't fill out nine groups every day with every class period. So I should have had extra stations anyway, but then guaranteed I, I had an extra station so that if a group there was, was always somewhere for somebody mm-hmm. to go. I was it, thinking that same yeah. thing. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. I was thinking that. And then I was thinking about the work that was on the whiteboard. If you had them, if it was on the whiteboard or if it was on a paper, but the whiteboard is the key with the thinking classroom. So I was wondering how you did that. That's awesome. Yeah, I was thinking about the different colored fedoras. If anybody, oh knows. yeah, he's real low level. That's where I stopped. I was thinking about uh, dinner. I'm just wondering what I'm going to do. He's like, was there a red one and a pink there one? There was a red one, a purple what one, one, and a pink one, and a black one. And when you say fedora, uh, what does a fedora funny. look like? <laughs> he went somewhere. Uh, yeah, took a while. I'm sorry. That's all good. Um, so, so the nine um, cards go in and almost form like a puzzle to fit to create the the full image of the artifact 
Yeah. So if yeah. they were able to solve it within the class period, then it would make the the image of the idol. Um, and I don't think anybody was able to get through all 10 stations in the class period. Um, mm -hmm. I have 53 minute class periods and takes a minute to get going, you know, so that's, you know, unlike working in groups and switching stations, like it's a pretty good task. I, I think I had groups that got through like groups who did well, probably got through seven stations. Um, yeah. But even with that many cards, you could kind of get a pretty good picture of, of what it looked like. And then really like, they were much more interested in totaling up who got the most points that mm -hmm. were written on those yeah. cards and, and who actually won. Um, and, and, and yeah. And so that, and that was really fun too. Right. Cause um, there's that random element to it. Right. That, yeah. that even if you did the most stations, you're not necessarily guaranteed to win. And um, you know, with that many groups of cards, like I had no idea what amount of points was behind any given card. And so it was truly yeah. random. Um and so, uh, and you 3d printed something too. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So I, I went ahead. So as I was thinking, I was, I was talking about this game with, uh, a colleague on like we carpool, I was car carpooling home and I was like trying to come up with an idea for this game. Uh, and as we were driving home, I was like, I could do an Indiana Jones game. Oh, I could do like archeology. span I'm like, Oh, you know what? I bet somebody has made that put that idol from thingy Indiana Jones on Thingiverse or something close to it. And I'm like, yeah. and I bet I could have that printed by tomorrow morning. So I went ahead and printed <laughs> out a golden idol. Um, so it didn't really serve any purpose apart from actually, once I found that, I, I dropped it into um, Paint 3D on my computer and was mm -hmm. able to color it and use that same exact image that was the 3D printed mm -hmm. image on the idol on the That's cards. Cool. So it like exactly matched, which was kind of neat, which, you know, is not really like necessary or that's anything. the nerdery of it okay. right that's the geeking exactly. out and that's, part of it no yeah. no we call this again task avoidance <laughs> right. because that's you right. probably <laughs> had to do something else <laughs> you know what i i really love about this too is i'm just kind of thinking like future classes and trying it again um that would really be kind of a legendary thing like if the kids could actually complete all nine oh, that could be cool. like like something up on the wall, you know, like oh. only one group has done this in the history of like, you know, your class or whatever. That would be pretty amazing. Well, now what about those students yeah. that can't solve it or can't figure it out? Cause maybe they're, I don't know, like a lot of my students who are, just don't have the ability, like, do they have some sort of resource or how do they access? Like, what are they just like, what about those ones that maybe can't figure out where the error is? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think that depends on, on the nature of like w why I'm doing the activity at that particular time. In this case, um, this is a review activity, so they should have some notes or some so example problems notes. that okay. they could look at as a reference. And if, you know, like it becomes pretty clear pretty quickly, like if a team's getting stuck, like if all the other groups are moving to a different whiteboard and uh, there's one group that's kind of sitting there and it doesn't take long to go over to that group and kind of give them some hints and help them get going in the right direction. Because I'm thinking I want to use this in my class. I'll put it together a bunch of false statements that are almost true, uh -huh. but then I'd probably let them use their, like the resource packet that I've put together of readings and different things we've done to be able to use to try and decipher what is the correct answer. Yeah. So I was wondering if you gave them any sort what? of tools to use, yeah. What, what I really like about your approach here, Jeremy, is like how you are using like the thinking and collaborating classrooms ideas that can, fr from what I understand is, like I haven't read the book, 
But just thinking about it is that can seem very repetitive, right? It's very like because yeah. the principle is always the same. Obviously, the content is different and they're working through different stuff. But eventually, that kind of gets boring for students, I, I would guess, I would wager. And I think by, by throwing in these games, like they're not realizing that they're doing the same thing over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they're more focusing on, oh, I want to throw this ball into the thing so I can get a heart, or I want to hit the Mario Kart thing or the Indiana Jones. Like the, you're hiding like the learning in plain sight and the methodology in plain sight. And I think that's really genius. And I think that's like what, what makes you like just a very different kind of a teacher in, in the best way just okay like, Fabian do me next go ahead do me, do, do me <laughs> man um <laughs> Scott I really like that you got a haircut <laughs> remember I'm uncomfortable no, so, with the emotional oh, conversations remember yeah, yeah. No, but, but I just think it's like the this thing that that we're all trying to do is like we all have this experience with gamification and then we we still we try to learn more it's not just we're stuck in gamification. We're trying to learn more things, be it at your protocols, the thinking classrooms, or like all that stuff. And but we're always trying to bring it back to the gamification. And I think that's where a lot of growth happens in like professionally for everyone, and also like for the kids because they get experiences that they would never have had. So, yeah, I think that's really true because essentially the nature of the task, you know, is very similar. Like in like the Indiana Jones activity, right? Like. Okay, I changed them into error analysis instead of just solving problems. But yeah. like they're still standing at whiteboards working doing math. But I tell you what, and then like, going from station to station, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that yeah, the, the station to station was a, a little twist. That's that was different. But like, oh okay. Typically, they you know, and kind of in the traditional thinking classroom model, they they stay at a single whiteboard. But oh okay. Um, but like uh, okay, like the Hydra game was was everything was exactly the same just the only difference was right throwing the the ping pong balls under the bucket right like so you know all that to be said is that like it's amazing how a a little story and a little game element can kind of transform an experience to where like it didn't when we were doing the indiana jones activity it no longer felt like we were just doing thinking classrooms it felt like oh we're on an adventure right now Mm -hmm. and we're you know I've We're got trying a mission. to yeah, I put this artifact together before <laughs> this temple closes in on us, and yep. you know, and you were wearing a, a fedora and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. I, you know, you got you know, you got to spice it up where you can. I put a hat on. He dresses the part to, try, to dress the yep. part just for you know, which is not something I've typically done. But I was like, you know what? Yep, I got the go. stuff. Might as well. And I'm sure yeah. you had some music going on, or yeah, it's like March a plan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And really, you're not doing like a floor-to-ceiling room transformation. You don't need to do that to get the feeling of being somewhere else and doing something different. It's, you know, pictures taped on the side of a bucket and some music. (laughs) I mean, really. Yep, guys, I'm doing some pretty sophisticated Mm -hmm. stuff. Which you are, which is the funny thing. You do so many spreadsheet things that are really, really sophisticated and – and great. So these lower ones are really funny too because you pull them off. So well, I have a question about all three. So we talked about the tub boss battle, the Super Mario Kart, and the idol. So they win. So one team wins. And then what do they get in your game? Like what is your game as far as the gamification? So I have a variety of currencies that uh, that are in my game. So I have XP, 
uh, I have item cards and I have shillings, right? So the shillings are the, the money for this year. Um, so, and I think I made the Indiana Jones one worth a lot the first time we played it. Like, I think I made it worth like a silver shilling, which is like five bronze shillings or whatever. A silver I, shilling? I know, right? Oh, Crazy. Shilling. Wow. Which I hadn't given up that, given out that many or whatever. So <laughs> prize for that one was pretty good. Um, but you know, it's kind of like, that's one of the nice things too about gamification is, is then you do have, like, you can give some sort of a prize. Um, and even if like you're playing, like, you know, we did blue kit in class today, right? Like it's canned game, but I can give, I can give some XP cards for it. Um, you know, and then it has meaning like in my overall classroom. Is it Uh, random for them or do you decide the amount ahead of time and they know what they're fighting for? Uh, this is me in my own classroom wondering how it, you do it. It depends on the Indiana Jones one. I literally put the shillings underneath the idol. Oh, um, so like I like Ooh. showed them and like put it there. And it was really fun having that idol too because kids would automatically come in and like pick it up, and I'd be like, "You're touching the forbidden idol, you fools! <laughs> you doomed us all!" <laughs> <laughs> you fools. Oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. So it was like we're dealt uh, well. Like hook them in right away, you know. But. Uh, I yeah, love that. So a, a lot of times, though, I I don't, you know, I haven't thought about it ahead of time, and so I'll just give them something. I'm like, ah, do I feel like giving XP? Do I feel like giving items? You know, just grab something. Yeah. So. The randomness of my scratcher cards have helped with that a lot because then I don't decide at all. The cards decide it. That makes it easier for me. I've realized that's been yeah. a huge weight off my back from last year when I didn't do that. So that was really yeah. Nice. Those those scratcher cards are really cool. I've uh, often thought about implementing that. That's like there's a lot of things to do. That's what, you there's know, always um, something. Yeah. There's always something more to do. The other <laughs> thing I like about these three D game or three D printed games that you've been doing too, is that you've been printing kind of like the um, the organizational piece with it. Like you had the Ark of the Covenant uh, printed, so you could hold all your pieces right. Put. You can put the idol yeah, in there. Yeah, like the, the so like the crate that like the Ark of the Covenant was put in. Yeah, it wasn't the Ark. Raiders. I guess it was the crate. Yeah. Yeah. So crate, I put yeah. I printed that. Afterwards. I wasn't going to correct you, but whatever. I, I, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> very important, you guys. You got to get the right terminology. I know. Okay. Okay. You need it. You need to get it correct. <laughs> so I printed that just so I could keep all the game pieces. And I found in the past when I've done these game pieces and I've made these like. I'm not the most organized person. Um, but when I did the Mario Kart thing, I was like, oh, I'll make this cool box because, you know, like, why not? Reasons. I, I can put all these game pieces in there and then I'll have a place for them. And then when I did the Indiana Jones, I was like, oh, well, I could do the same thing for that one. And what's kind of cool now is now they can just sit on a cabinet or on a shelf in my room. And now it's like a decoration that goes in the classroom. And then just every now and then I can just take it down and, and we can play. So Love it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I think we have one final question. And it's, it's from the heart of Fabian, but from my mind, we're in sync right now because he's so in love with ChatGPT and things. And we all are, let's be <laughs> honest. But uh, maybe That's in nice. a shorter, reasonably timed response, how are you? Because we all know you, ChatGPT. Well, we don't. We know. The three of us know. Why don't you let Fabian ask his question? Because I don't know. Because no, I like I rambling. I don't ask questions. Uh, Chat, <laughs> we have to ask for that. ChatGPT is something that you're. I know and we know you're into it. Like, how have you been using it? In your classroom at all? Maybe just like a that kind of a thing, not like all the th- don't don't explore the whole realm of ChatGPT. I don't think we have time for that. But <laughs> how are you using it in your classroom so far? Well, I feel like you guys have probably actually used it more than I have. I started exploring it recently, but I I have not implemented it or used it yet. 
Uh, I asked it to write a choose your own adventure about functions last night. Uh, so that mm-hmm. was kind of cool to see it start to work on that sort of a thing. And it's just crazy to watch it like just, you know, spitting just out do its stuff thing. instantly. It's yeah. crazy. Um, I have used other AI tools a little bit though. Um, uh, Mr. Barker um, did this really cool, the floor is lava thing. Uh, and he like combined like, like a bunch of different tools uh and made like this animated lava king uh, and have this whole story oh yeah that's that's really cool um so i tried using one of those tools recently for a a pirate version of of kind of similar to the indiana jones game that i just did um and i found i just found a a image of of a of a pirate captain um, and then I think the website is uh, d.id or id.d.com, something like that. Um, we will link to it once we find it. Perfect. Yeah. And um, that lets you um, animate a static image to like whatever you type, like you can type whatever you want it to say. Um, and then it has a bunch of different voices you can select from and it'll say what you want it to. Um, and you can also upload an audio file of your own so it can say like in a more human sounding voices because the ones that it's got that are AI generated voices are kind of robotic sounding. Um, And so I I use that one. Uh, And so that's kind of the only AI tool I've used so far. And you are a pretty good pirate. You've got a good pirate voice. Thank you very much. (laughs) It was very reminiscent of Pirates of the Caribbean, the ride. So I was like, am I Disneyland or what? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no. And, and for me, like, you know, like, I think like, I do these activities, but most of the time I'm flying by the seat of my pants, guys. Like, I'm just uh-huh. like <laughs> jumping in and going for it. I'm like cutting out the last card right before students come into the room. I'm like, you know, yeah. like just. I know that feeling. The best the ideas last... always come like five, five minutes before the kids come in. They yeah, do. Or, or you get like an idea like mid game. And you're like, oh, I'm gonna switch this up. I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z, and it's it's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. but yeah. so fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so when I used this AI tool, I like looked it up and I like had to say some things. But I'm like, I don't really know how to like save the audio file from Screencast-O-Matic to put up into here. So I'm just gonna hit the record button of it talking, and I'm just gonna say what I want it to say over it. So like the sound, like what I said, doesn't quite match up to the lips perfectly. You know, like. <laughs> It's like doesn't even matter though. It's not perfect. It's not great. But like at the end of the day, I got you know. It's kind of one of those like production is more important than perfection. A lot of times, you know, like yeah. perfect yeah. is the enemy of good. You know, and, um, and that is a barrier. I think for some people, starting gamification, they're worried about it mm-hmm. being perfect. And come, I mean, from all four of us, like it, it does not have to be perfect. The kids are just excited to be in a classroom where things are a little different and teachers are yeah. trying new things and you're putting forth that effort. Like it really goes a long way with the kids. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's land this thing then. Jeremy, what have you been playing? On a side note, I played Uno with two girls today in my classroom and they both cheated and teamed up against me. And then <laughs> oh when they God. won, they high-fived each other like they had accomplished something. I was like, you guys just cheated. Anyway, well, they, they I digress. Cheated. Yeah. So what have you been playing lately? That didn't. That was not hurtful to you at all. No, I can tell. It's like, you, that's you ridiculous. That you guys personally. can't cheat and then high five each other. That's not how it Uh-oh, works. Oh, I think Jeremy froze. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, what did Jeremy say? Oh, I know. He's he frozen. said he was playing. Yeah. He just got Super, Super Mario, Mario 3D, 3D World. 
which was yep. secretly for him and his kids. So he, that was very yep. exciting. All right, everybody. Yep. We are so glad that you joined us. Please check out Jeremy. I believe he's Mr. Cedarquist. Mr. At Mr. Cedarquist. At Mr. Yeah. Cedarquist. Yes. So. But before we go. Oh, there he is. He's oh, back. Oh, there he is. He's oh, back. But I I, before we so go, we're going to embarrass him Sorry, a little bit. I'm oh, froze. great. Because today is his birthday when we're <gasps> recording this. Yeah. And so Twitter needs to reach out and wish Mr. Cedarquist a happy. It'll be a belated birthday, but. It'll count. Wish him yeah. a happy birthday. Yeah. I see how it is. Yeah, a guy freezes for a second, yeah. and then all of a sudden, he yeah, just and we're starts. just. Have you guys yeah. ever heard my Gus Gus happy birthday? Hup, hup, happy birthday! <laughs> like Gus Gus from Cinderella. Wow, yep. that's a good one. Well, thank you. That's all that's I got. Good. I don't have very many talents, but that Gus Gus, a fake cartoon character from Cinderella, that's all I got. I mean, you know, whatever talent you got, you got. Jeremy, we already shared your game without you, so sorry about that. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna find you at Mr. Cedarquist uh, and um, check us out at RebelTeacherAlliance.com and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for having us on, guys. Ciao. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.